Hello and welcome to the next episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. And I am Rodney Godek. How you doing, brother? I am doing well. I am doing well. Uh, episode 22. I really love that intro. I don't know if you've ever said that. Then the next episode of the, the next. That's kind of fun. And the next, the next episode. episode. Last time on the podcast. You remember for... whenever you would write uh, something like in high school or middle school, and you had to like just use different intros to the say to the say the same thing. Oh, sure. And then this happened. Second, and then like therefore, or like uh, concluding, like you just reuse all the same ways to like begin a sentence because you didn't know what else to fucking say. Absolutely. That's what that reminded uh, me of. Welcome to episode 22 of the podcast Ooh. for the recently deceased. Hey. Um, tonight we'll be discussing a wounded fawn. Yeah. Um, Fuck uh, yeah, we will. Travis a, Stevens. Uh, yes, Travis, written and directed by Travis Stevens. Um, a beautiful title, very misleading as to what you might be watching. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was good. All right, so if you're new to the podcast, we are going to do a short-ish uh, review, give you our number on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, where 10 is good and 1 is poo-poo. And then we are going to start a spoiler-laden conversation. So um, it's that time where you will tune out Grab your ladles. come back later after you've seen the movie, unless you don't care at all. Then just stick with us through the whole spigadoo. Shpigadoo. Uh, yes. <laughs> Good one. Uh, yeah, Shpigadoo. Um, all right, Rodney. Uh, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, brother, I am doing okay. Uh, unfortunately, as far as our stream goes, we didn't get a chance to record last week because I was under the weather. Uh, it definitely sucked. Uh, I have energy tonight, and last week I would have been a complete disaster to do anything other than cower on the couch and want to watch movies, but I didn't even really feel like doing that. It just felt like just gross. Um, flu, flu-like symptoms, and but it was fine. It lasted for like two days, and then I was okay. It was like it was whatever. I don't yeah. get it. I usually so, love being I usually love being sick for the sake of movies. Like, yeah. sweet, I'm gonna watch three or four movies today. I couldn't imagine being sick and the feeling of not wanting to watch a movie. Yeah, it's just like just like... enough just enough slight <laughs> nausea and headache yeah. where you don't want to do anything. Yeah. So it was oh. very frustrating. Yeah. It's just that, waiting it out. But things you... are good, so not letting it bring me down, Bruce. All right, all right. Um tonight we're gonna talk about a wounded fawn. Uh Josh Rubin uh stars he pretty much he pretty much Ruby Rubin. He pretty much is the movie. Alright, uh, now that's not fair to Sarah Lind, but because uh, she is wonderful also. Oh, she, yeah, she's great, but she's got five minutes of screen time. <laughs> it's an 80-minute movie. He's in 60, 70 minutes of it. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but <laughs> we'll discuss the, the – because they, they – well, look, the, the movie has an act – two-act structure, yes. uh, not like uh, as far as through title cards, and she really does kind of lead the first one. And then his is the second one. You could really analyze it that way, I believe. As far as screen time, yes, he's in a lot of that first act regardless. And she's not in the second one as much. But her voice really is. And I believe that she is one of the characters that we'll get into all the details. Sure, sure. So I think it's relatively balanced. But as far as him in his natural state, he really does probably do more heavy lifting with what's driving the narrative. 
so your point is taken. It's not you're not out of bounds uh, entirely with that statement. So that's right, that's, that's fine. As long as I'm in bounds, as long as I'm okay. play, as long as I'm playing okay. the game, as long as I'm playing the game, you know, that's uh, that's all I really care for. Uh, so you you want to go first? You want me to go first? I can go first. Do you want to read the the synopsis on the Imdiverse? Yeah, let's let's start there, um, as we usually do. A serial killer brings an unsuspecting new victim on a weekend getaway to add another body to his ever-growing count. She's buying into his faux charms, and he's eagerly lusting for blood. What could possibly go wrong? That's a very fun description. I like that. It. I mean. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a fine description. Um, let me, uh, so we have switched over to this new format where it's hard for me to share my screen oh, with you. So oh. let me uh, let me just show show the folks at home what's going on here. Yeah, go ahead. So so the one thing with um, with uh, Travis Stevens is uh, I wanted to see Jacob's Wife last year, but it was like one of the movies where I was like, I want to see it, but I'm like, I, there's other things that I'm prioritizing, and I never got a chance to see it, and because we've been so busy this year, I still haven't gotten back to gone back to watch that one. However, I did watch uh, Girl on Third Floor. Uh, that one stars CM Punk, and I will say, I love Wounded Fawn a lot more than I enjoyed that one. It was fine, but there's reasons. Like the the dude is uh, rehabbing a house that he just bought, and he does all of these things that just drive me crazy as being a carpenter things that don't make any fucking sense and so it's like it takes me out of it a little bit where i'm kind of annoyed like it wouldn't be that hard to just do this the right fucking way or to make him look like such a fucking moron but whatever it's fine uh so at any rate but travis stevens i'm super i was interested in and especially with this uh however josh rubin it's like i want to go through his filmography now because he's got a lot that's been going on and i'm excited to do that Okay, excellent. The night the uh, the trailer just finished as you wrapped up, so um, I'm I'm gonna start. I think. Yeah. So, so yeah. a wounded fawn. Uh, it sets a stage of like, you know, a very it has a very indie feel. Um, it's familiar. Um, shot on film. Shot on film. Uh, it's be- beautifully shot. Um. And then it turns into like a psychedelic uh, serial killer nightmare uh, in the woods. So you know it, it's a it's almost a twist on a slasher um, where the you know the antagonist becomes the hunted, um, but he's you know he's hunted by his own uh, his own mind uh, so to speak. Uh, really, really. Uh, interesting conceptually like it how it how it definitely feeds you a lot of a lot of tropes early and sets up a movie you've already seen and about halfway through flips the script and it, and it from then on it's like chaos and really beautiful imagery excellent acting from everyone involved especially once it, like I said Josh Rubin who who carries the movie um with a with a with a hilariously like satisfying conclusion, um, so you know out of left field, um, knowing nothing about the film, I have to give it a seven out of ten. 
All right, right on. Um, yeah, I agree with uh, with a lot of what you said there. So it is it is very beautiful. Uh, I think the fact that it's on film and the weirdness that it has is pretty astounding. There's moments where you see the grain and some of the blips uh, from the edit, uh, and I love that. For it was to me, it was very obvious, and I, it was so much so that I was like, "This is indie." Did they really shoot this on film, or is this just an effect? Because like, I was like, "This is this must be, be an effect," and that's I was like, nah, "I don't know how I feel about that," but it's not. And it was it's wonderful. Um, and there's a neat little Easter egg that I'll tell you about because after I watched this film, I I started like getting into. I want to hear them all talk about this movie. I want to watch interviews. I want to like read about some of the mythology, because and this is a movie. It's funny. This movie exists in a lot of ways as far as uh, the stage that it's on begins in an art world and with my background in right. the arts it kind of clued me in or got me engaged quicker than a viewer that was not in the art world would I believe and so I was excited about that and then the fact that it's about mythology and these characters and symbolism and there's all kinds of shit in the scenery that kind of comes back up or reinforces tropes or reasoning or characters actions in a really fun way i don't think that it's so heavy-handed where you need to have an art degree and be very intelligent to understand but i think that there's enough there to have fun with and i don't think they're really worried about the message of what all that bullshit means anyways i think it's just a fun place to play and and go crazy with it and it does go crazy and it's very rewarding your idea of it you're mentioning it being like sort of a slasher in this vibe of seventies era. Like it does feel almost Jalo esque, you know, the way Suspiria is lit, the original Suspiria, like it does a lot of those kinds of things. But then some of the imagery is just cuckoo, you know, Lucio Fauci like type stuff where it's like, what is happening? But then there's like moments where I was like, this is like the thing Uh, with some of the visuals. Fantastic. And I, it resonated really for me. I was cackling at some stuff, but then just like vibing with a lot of it, and it never really pulled me out. I gave it an eight out of ten. All right. Uh, at this time, we will. <laughs> You're like you couldn't be more underwhelmed with anything that's <laughs> like the most fucking response to my engagement with it. <laughs> it's, it's at this time I'll ask you to turn the page. 37 yeah. in your textbook. I can now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's go right, start tearing right. this thing open. All right, so here come the spoilers. All right. Um, right off the bat, uh, I fucking loved this movie. He's at the art show. He gets out bid on the thing. He's got the, my, my dealer's going to wire the money. Let's go right. back to your place and just, just give it to me. Like, Make up whatever story you have to make up. Uh, scam going on. He's also flirting with her at the same time. Like, if she mm-hmm. says no about the art, she'll let me in for a drink. Like, at least I'll, yeah. I'll you know, all I have to do is get through the door. Um, yeah. And then, and then you see the fucking owl in the corner with the red light. And I'm like, holy shit. And he just goes up and gacks her right in the neck. And I'm just like, this is, this movie's amazing. Like, Five minutes in, I'm like, I am 
in for the ride. Like this for is... sure. It's pretty quick the way that it gets into it. Oh uh, yeah, it starts uh, right off. The <laughs> the intrigue is there. The it's mysterious, but the the visuals are right away. Seeing the red glow, him like looking at it and like answering to it, uh, and. Yeah, and and then the fact that there's this art object as this like sort of enigmatic thing, like what's this got to do with things? Right. And you're like, you're like, I want to know more. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful uh, way to enter it. And then uh, it uh, it jumps right to to now Sarah Lynn's character. Right. Uh, and this uh, this is just a quick sidebar. The whole scene in the gallery where she's with her friends and they're bullshitting about this and that, like I that took me out of it because I thought that the other cast members were very much uh, sophomore in their acting abilities. Oh sure, it just didn't feel as natural and real. I was like, oh, is this gonna be hokey because it started so good? What is this? But it, they were they were brief. And also, if I was in a gallery and there were these these broads talking the way they were and kind of cackling while I'm trying to enjoy some fine art. Like those guys did, you see how they did a quick cover. They look at them like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. 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 That, that would have been me looking like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, um, her meeting him and then going on, it's like, it, it felt a lot like, and I think you mentioned this whenever we texted briefly and we didn't talk a lot about the movement, but it felt like fresh. And then by yeah. the time it gets to the house, you're like, is this the fresh fucking house? It looks like the house from Fresh. I swear to God. It, it looks was. a lot like it. It is, Scott, if you've seen <laughs> Fresh, anyway, like, it, it, this has a lot of the same parallels in the pacing and the uh, the order of events where uh, yeah. it's like guy meets girl, girl swoons for guy, girl goes away with guy to a cabin, guy makes excuses as to why she can't do this or that on the way, and then, like, She's just there, and now events happen. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, <laughs> it it only feels like fresh for a very short period, though, because um, the movie, like I said, it does a one eighty. Um, just just as the, you know, in in fresh, it was the scene where she passes out, and then you know we get credits, and then she wakes up, and he's trying to explain to her what's happening. In this movie, it's kind of more like. Um, does she does she somehow pass out first, like us? Uh, no, 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 no. Or does well, she just no? He no, he, he, attacks he just her, he yeah. just attacks her yeah. and she and she runs yeah. and she runs and that's a chase. Yeah. So it's it's a little more obviously abrupt and and action packed yeah. when when it happens. But from then on, from that point on, the movie is just bonkers. Well, the difficulty in with us just talking about it tonight tonight is we planned on doing this a week ago, and so like it's not as. Uh, fresh, yeah, fresh as it was a week ago so <laughs> that's shitty but uh it's it's fan fucking tastic so the, for me you know we talked about the the visuals and some of the clues uh did you notice the painting in the living room i yes uh i don't know which one you're talking about either i, I tried to remember all there, the there's a couple things but like the, there's a giant white painting with yeah. this abstract expressionist and it has these four claw marks like kind of right in the middle of it and that's the tool that he uses yeah to to, to throw uh yeah. the first girl right. that he ends up trying to use in the second one like it's right there the whole time uh it's, it's a japanese weapon uh i don't know what it's oh called. right yeah it's a, like a, I, yeah i call i fucking, use uh, i call them bear claws because there's a board game that that actually has a that has a <laughs> uh a little cardboard chip of them that you can buy and trade um 
And there's a whole bunch of other, uh, like, feudal-era weapons uh, in there. Nerd alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, point, a poindexter. Uh, uh, so if you, uh, if you buy Yama on the buy game. Uh, but, you, but you must trade two experience points for the weapon uh, to use it um, on your character. So uh, I thought it was cool to see that weapon, like, actually ever get used. Um because I had no idea what it was for, really, um, besides, you know, just being, like, uh, four claws that you hold in your hand. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, like, that was there, but then there's a lot of imagery of, like, blood in uh, viscera, you know, whenever he's prepping dinner uh, with the pomegranates and all of that. Yeah. Yep. So, and then the red owl, you know, like, the color of red, whether it's passion or anger or, you know. Yeah. It shows up, uh, but man, so like it's always going good, and like, but then once he uh, commits the act, yeah, uh, you know, then it's like things are off the rails from that point on, where he goes back to her body and like it's not there, and yep. now he's like now the uh, I think they call him the Three Furies, isn't that what that sculpture was called? The Three Furies, I think. Yeah, uh, and also the <clears throat> so when she escaped from him. She bashed his head. Oh no, no, this is where she bashes his head, right? Uh, well, no, she, she plays. She she plays dead or plays plays sleeping, and he comes yes, up to her. Yes, he goes when, back. Yeah. When she, when she he gets to her, she crushes his skull in with with that item with that he that he stole from the last victim, mm-hmm. and and we see this brain exposed with a fleck of skull in it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So from now on. He's just like he's just living in this hallucination yeah. fever dream that we get to experience with him. Right, massive <laughs> head wound, Harry, and uh, he just pushes it back in. It kind of has a moment from like, uh, did you ever see that uh, that one shit? What was the one with uh, that Franco did? Uh, <laughs> Sixty hours or twenty-seven hours? How many oh, fucking hours? The, 40, 100 and, 117 hours. I don't know. Is what it? it was. What's I don't, it? I don't remember. Forty. I don't remember. But the dude that gets his arm pinned and he has to cut it. Yeah. Do you remember? Did you see that movie? No. Oh, well, they, like, he has to saw his own arm off. You know the sure. story, right? Yeah, the I hiker. know the story, yep. Uh, but when they get to, like, he gets to a nerve, and, like, they shoot it in such a way and, like, make this high-pitched, like, piano tinging type sound where you're, you're like, you feel your nerves kind of, like, get, like, oh, my God, that would be so horrific. Yeah. Uh, when he touches his brain, they kind of have that similar yeah. effect where he's like, he pushes it in where it's like, oh my God, yeah. that hurt. Um, the, the screen flashes and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and weird stuff happens. So it's everything from here on out for me was just like, I'm laughing. Uh, oh, yeah. He's, he's in the woods running and he looks over and he sees the fucking puma running next to him. And then it has the chick's face and yeah. it turns to him and he's, and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's just so, uh, just wild. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Im- the imagery, uh, the stuff they come up with, uh, there's, you know, native, na- native looking and co- costumes and like, you know, they've got fire, lots of darkness, especially when he's outside. Uh, he comes back inside and they have this straight out of evil dead two sequence where like, the stove comes alive, and it, it felt just like the oh the, God, the scene yeah. when the room came alive in Evil Dead Two. It was exactly that scene, just with this this stove that he has to fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the, then, like uh, as far as uh, Sarah Lynn's character, I can't remember her her actual character's name. It doesn't matter. Uh, she's in like the one white mask, which to me it looks a lot like the cover up to uh, was it Tor- Taurus Trap? 
Is that that old 70s or 80s movie, Slasher? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I just watched it like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, she's got the snake on her, and she's talking to him, and she keeps saying, like, murder, thief, and, and this and that. Yeah. But then, like, he's got this other visual that happens where uh, I think it's during that scene where they're at the dining room table. He's going crazy, and he's trying to figure it out because, obviously, like, the, what the movie's doing is, like, it has his – and it doesn't answer a lot of things. It has his red owl thing going on, right. but then once the event happens with the chick and this piece of art getting bludgeoned with it, now he's like, this other shit is infiltrating his mind, like you said, and he doesn't know how to handle it because it's like it's altering his mind in a way where it's like a different, it's a, an aggressor to the owl and him, uh, and he's just experiencing this, and then so when it gets to the point where the owl is confronted with those other two figures. There's like plague doctor-esque type looking shit and weird yeah. puppetry. And it cuts off the fucking owl head. Yeah. The reveal underneath that was like was just another layer of like outdoing what has preceded it and how insane it was. And it was so fucking weird. Yeah. It made, made no sense in a lot of ways. Like I guess they could kind of see it as like a, it's like internal brainstem type shit and it's actually him not this Al, was just like another way to interpret his actions as a serial killer and him using a reasoning like, oh, there's this thing that's driving me. It's not really me. It's this right. other yeah, entity. I'm, yeah, I'm killing the, these women for him, for the Al. The puppet was so stupid looking, oh, but it was yeah. fantastic. It, it was it, the, the movie like <laughs> the movie just builds and builds and builds and builds to this like to this like culmination and then and then how it how it finishes where he is confronted by her in reality now. So we've seen yeah. we've seen her a bunch of times in this weird costume and now we see her wrapped in a tarp. <laughs> it's, so it's like, like here, here's the funny thing that's a call because it makes sense. Uh she gets there, right? And like you notice the wood, but then whenever uh he comes out of the house to look for her, he goes to that wood pile and the tarp is missing. Right. Right. Uh and like and so like, you know, it it makes it's yeah. like okay, yeah, she did get out, and now right. she is in the woods. So yeah, because she was yeah, brought, she was wearing, wearing it like a toga, right. like a, well, like an ancient yeah. Greek mythology type Cause, thing. Because when she gets away from him, she's brawn panties, right? So like the yeah. first thing she did when she got outside was like protect herself from the elements. She steals this tarp. Yeah. Um, so she yeah she's got the tarp and she's holding something too. Is it was it a weapon or was it did she have like a torch? I don't. She had uh, I don't recall. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was relevant. It might have been something that he had or like I think he might have been brandishing some branch or some other bullshit. But it's sort of moot because he more or less is like just weakened and weakened from this event that he's gone through the head wound. uh, And then he just succumbs to it. And so but then they, you know, if you enjoyed the credits to Pearl, uh, (laughs) here is a a one up on that. So the credits. It's not, you know, a, a long shot of just a smile. This yeah. is him uh, mutilating himself and event is pretty much yeah. killing himself. Yeah. So, so whatever, whatever, she, whatever the she bear says, claw. Yeah. Whatever she says to him when they encounter each other, he do, he just he he hits, just hits himself with the claw and, and drops and she runs away and that's that's kind of how the movie finishes the story. Okay. Uh, but, okay. Okay. Just <laughs> she doesn't run away. She stands there for the entire credits and watches him continue oh, to trash his. Oh, did you watch the whole his... credits? Uh, no, did you not yeah. watch the whole credits? I watched the whole credits. He just kept he just kept doing this, 
I'm yeah, like, I know. Like, okay, so here's the thing I found out about it. <laughs> I, I, uh, Josh Rubin did an, uh, an AMA on Twitter uh, a little while ago, and someone asked him about that scene. And so he more – and, like, was it longer than the four minutes that we saw for the credits? And he's like, uh, yeah, a bit. Um, the director was like, do you want to just do a whole a whole role uh, of this? That'd be great. Come, I'd like a whole roll of this. And apparently this uh, film, the 16 millimeter that they shoot on, a whole roll is like 11 minutes of film. Oh. So he just did this for fucking 11 minutes <laughs> in a relatively cold temperatures, yeah. uh, half nude, just looking like a complete moron. Uh, but he said he fucking loved it. And it's it's just so bizarre. Uh, you know, he's, he's great. He like, really is. He uh, he go. He's all in. You know. He goes for it. He does. He's swinging for the fences. Uh, but it's not like overacting. It's like it's, at least with this, it's, uh, it's toned in such a way that it makes sense with everything else that's happening. Yeah. And I don't know how you convey that as a director. Like, how do you you know because some of the imagery is so uh, sensory and, uh, I imagine it's hard to provide the actors while you're doing the filming because some of it might be after effects or shot at a sequence or you know doing your blocking and things like that you know it's not like you're doing a lot of wonders where you're performing these things and so i'd imagine it's hard to like put someone in the mind a headspace of how to make this feel you know uh and it's it's astonishing because like it's always the right tone with the delivery of their lines and everything else that they're that they're doing um it's pretty cool. So I'm super excited to, to watch everything that, that they've done now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so real quick, um, before we wrap up, Josh Rubin, uh, he was Aya Cash's co-star in Scare Me, which came out last year, uh, which I thought was was good. Not, not great, but very, very good. Um, he directed... Um, the Werewolf Within, which was an honorable mention as a horror comedy in our last year's Best of 2021 episode. Um, that movie mm-hmm. was excellent. Excellent. Um, and I think that's all I wanted to mention about Josh Rubin. But yeah, check out, <laughs> check out Scare Me and check out uh, The Werewolf Within. I love Werewolf how you Within. prepare. Like, okay, here's going to be a long thing. He's got, he's got a lot loaded up here. And go. And he's like, uh, here's two things. Here's go check it out. two things. Uh, and also, kind of a disservice, like he kind of fucking walked on the stage at the Oscars and slept Chris Red in the mouth because he's also in the Scare Me, uh, and I would say he's also one of the leads. Uh, but at any rate, <laughs> um, what else was there that I wanted to mention? No, I don't think there was anything else for Josh Rubens. Oh, Blood Relatives is another one that he's uh, has a oh, character Blood on Blood Relatives. Relatives. Okay. It's on our list. It came out yeah, this year. Right. Uh, it's just we haven't seen it yet. It's on but the I'm going to. It's on the list. All I'm right. Uh, I gave it Just a seven. Because of Josh. I gave it a seven. Rod gave it an eight. Um, a wounded fawn. We'll be back in about five minutes um, with the leech uh, for episode 22 of the podcast with the recently deceased Dominate Roberts. And I'm Rodney Godek. Take care. <laughs>